You're listening to First City Forum, 97.5 FM. Hello, 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 and welcome to the First City Forum, Broadway Providence Properties in Southeast Alaska Orthopedics. I'm your host, the one and only Joe Williams, and welcome to Straight Talk Thursday with Joe Williams and Rachel Breithaup. How's it going, Rachel? Oh, hello, Joe. I'm, I, I'm doing all right. I'm I, not in the studio today. I am so excited to have you on, on the phone even. I was mm-hmm, just saying mm-hmm. the, the universe, the cosmos does not want us to be great, but you know what? <laughs> we are here. We're in the building. We have a few things to talk about uh, from the station first, though. Uh, KTKN is proud to sponsor the Doc Larson Round Robin Basketball Tournament in Wasilla this weekend. Bob Barger will be doing the play-by-play for the K-High Girls and Boys here the schedule. Uh, Thursday the 16th, the girls versus Mount Edge at 1 p.m. The boys versus Colony at 4.30. Now that's on Thursday the 16th. Friday the 17th, the girls versus Mount Bartlett at uh, 1 p.m. And the boys versus Bartlett at 4.30. That's Friday. And then Saturday the 18th, the girls versus Wasilla at 5.15. The boys versus Wasilla at 7 p.m. That is the round robin basketball tournament happening in you know what? In high school, the coaches were like vultures. They were all over me to play to play basketball. And you know what? I never had the talent for it. I'm so sorry, coaches. No. I'm so sorry. Ditto, Joe. I am a waste of height. I have always said that. Five foot ten, and I am miserable at volleyball and basketball. And I I totally miserable at hand eye coordinated things. Don't throw me my keys. I want you to walk that item to me. And that is all I'm saying. Remember, so uh, so I remember being actually told that I was a waste of height. Like I, so someone, no! wa- someone once came to me and they said, oh, do you play basketball? And then I was like, no, I don't play basketball. And then the, the, the person literally got upset. You can see their face frown. Oh. They're like, oh, I was, I was just being sarcastic. I just assumed you played, you played basketball. You're, you, you've wasted your, your height. And I said, oh my god! I said, oh, oh my god! Well, 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 well. Thank you for your for your kind words and and and, and goodbye. <laughs> right for your assessment of my value on this plane. Okay, so so uh, for those just tuning in with us this Thursday with Rachel, uh, this segment's called Street Talk with Rachel Brighthop, and we really just talk mm-hmm. about things affecting Ketchikan, affecting our community, and and we and we talk about them candidly. We don't hold anything back. So uh, and. Uh, we we would usually accept uh, phone calls during this segment, but Rachel's uh, on the phone, and uh, and we can't do two calls at once, unfortunately. Um, oh. But uh, but we will be here. I want to give a shout out to uh, to Nathan Jackson. We, I have a little article uh, on Facebook that I saw uh, celebrating Nathan and his accomplishment. So I'm just, just going to read this uh, from the Tinglet and Haida uh, Facebook page. Congratulations to tribal citizen and Tinglet master artist Nathan P. Jackson, who is one of six indigenous artists to receive the 2021 USA Fellowship Award of $50,000 from the United States Artists Association. Congratulations to Nathan Jackson. These awards uh, celebrate artists and, uh, and cultural practitioners who significantly contribute to the creativity and arts of our country. These awards help promote and highlight the work of visionaries to the broader public while helping support their vision. Nathan Paul Jackson is Raven. 
a clan of the Chilkoot. Uh, he was raised in southeast Alaska and spent most of his time living in, Haines, in the Haines area. Uh, much of his early education and his Tinglet heritage was taught through his clan uncle and grandfather. He is a Tinglet master woodcarver, painter, and designer of masks, bent wood bowls, panels, totem poles, and jewelry. Nathan has been an instructor in wood carving and design at the Alaska State Museum, Sheldon Jackson College, Totem Heritage Center, and the University of Alaska. He has also taught several apprentices who have worked with him in conjunction with the Native Apprenticeship Program, which, which is sponsored by the Alaska State Council on the Arts, as well as the Totem Project in Saxman. The 2021 Indigenous Culture Bearers, Trailblazers, and Storytellers continue their work to inspire and bring action toward moving our culture forward and holding our people up. Congratulations to the iconic, legendary Nathan Jackson. I've had the pleasure of meeting him a few times, and he's been uh, so kind to me every time. And, uh, and I have so much love for the great Nathan Jackson. Congratulations to him one more time. Absolutely. That guy's a living legend. I was having a conversation with, um, oh goodness, Kathleen from the Arts Council. Uh, ben and I walked over and saw the, the children's arts um, installment, and it was very, it's very cool. It's really cool to see an entire gallery of children's art. Um, it actually really legitimizes the art for you in your mind, whereas, for example, during Blueberry Fest, of course, there's the community call to art, and so they have art from kids all the way through adults. And when it's all mixed like that, you have this comparison thing your brain does, and you're thinking, oh, that kid's art, oh, it's not that good. Well, when it's an entire gallery of children's art, you just start to look at it like they're artists, like it's just art. And, and you're like, man, that kid's good. And it's not like, oh, man, that kid's good because it's photographically realistic, and that's the only way I measure art. Once you sort of allow yourself to just be immersed in like art is art You're like, man that could, boy i like that angle i like those color choices i like that like movement anyway it's cool so we're having a conversation with kathleen and ben asked you know do you think there's a higher percentage um like a higher density of artists in ketchikan than in you know in a larger in a larger city where maybe there's numbers number wise more artists Definitely. So do you think it's like a denser population of artists here? She's like, oh, I definitely think so. Definitely. Yeah. The, and I love that about this place. The beauty of Ketchikan, I've always said it, is like everyone here, everyone who lives in Ketchikan and who's here in the community is an artist of some sort. Uh, maybe yeah. maybe you're you're a wordsmith. Maybe you are a painter. Maybe you're a singer. Maybe you're a community organizer. Maybe you're a, fan a fantastic cook. Um, but everyone here does something really, really well. And that's something I've always appreciated about this place and something that I've noticed in my almost five years here. Oh my gosh, it's been five years already. That's really crazy. Well, necessity is really, you know, the mother of invention. And when you don't have all of those things readily available to, to just pay for, um, to passively take in or, or passively experience, you end up doing a lot more creating. So I, you know, some of the best food I've had in town has been food cooked by friends that did not go to culinary arts school. Mm -hmm. You know, the, But we all live here in you know, bless the industry's heart. There's a few restaurants that I want to pay money, the, the kind of money required oh, yes. to, to buy the food that is served. Shout out to um, the New York that, Cafe. Thank you, New York Cafe, for your existence. 
Um, and there's others, but, you know. Uh, but with that said, it causes me to to work harder at cooking. And I know that, that that's been true for others as well. And then will you, will, would you agree that the community support and appreciation for people who do put themselves out there sort of um, it, it, it's sort of a draw or an influence yes. for, for people to, to go out and really share? I mean, Joe, you knew that. Okay, so Story Slam. So I did Story Slam after Abe was born. So my son, my, my oldest child is five. And I was a single mom for the first year and a half of his life. Um, and I did, I told a short story that Jack Finnegan helped to curate, and it was for one of the early story slams. Um, so that would have been, you know, nearly four years ago, just about four years ago. And I, it went so well, and I was so happy with the experience that I decided I was going to write a show, an hour-long storytelling show, and perform it. And I never was like, oh, no one will come. This will be a flop. I n- because I just knew that at least my friends would come. And because the community in Ketchikan is so tight, that was going to be like 25 people right there. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Like, no problem, no problem. And I, I had it at, so this was now, um, so that would have been about three years ago. So I did the original story um, in short form. And then I, I, about a year later, performed a, a much longer one. And it was at Creek Street Cabaret, and the place was packed out. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know people. I was like, I don't know that. But why would they come to see me? Because the community is so supportive of, of anybody trying to do something creative. Really so supportive. It's amazing. So I want to really get into what Straight Talk is all about. It's about taking in uh, what's going on in our community and really talking about it candidly. And there's a lot of stuff going on with our police force right now. Mm. So I'm going to read a little article uh, from krbd.org. Uh, it was removed from Facebook, but I found it on on the good old internet. Um, mm-hmm. So it, it, it reads uh, from, from KRPD. Um, City officials in Ketchikan are considering a New Orleans police commander as Ketchikan's new police chief. Ketchikan City Council will be asked Thursday to approve the city manager's recommendation to make an offer. The, uh, the job has been open since Joe White, Ketchikan's police chief of four years, retired in June. A hiring committee has been fo- has been forwarded its top choice out of 31 candidates to the city council, including three Ketchikan police officers who apply for the jo- for the top job. Acting city, acting city manager Lacey Simpson wrote in a memo that New Orleans police commander Jeffrey Walls had the experience, community approach, and mentorship philosophy that would make him an asset in Ketchikan. Walls is a 24-year veteran of the uh, New Orleans police force who served as a commander for a decade. He currently oversees the 8th district of New Orleans, including the French Quarter, and his and in his job application that he's deeply involved in the community groups in the area. He says he's promoted an initiative called Ethical Policing is Courageous that encourages officers to step in and prevent wrongdoing by their colleagues. I love that. Mm-hmm. I have been instrumental in establishing police uh, behaviors that build positive community relations through constitutional policing. Uh, po- 
constitutional policing, Walls wrote. Walls wrote in his job application that he's always loved the idea of moving to Alaska and says he grew up in a small town in Alabama and misses the feel of a tight-knit community. Walls' tenure in New Orleans has not been without controversy. The city of New Orleans paid $200,000 to the family of a black man. Uh, he and two other officers shot and killed after he reportedly threatened them with a knife in 2005. The man's family sued in federal court and the case was settled by the city in 2011, according to the New Orleans advocate. Let's talk about it, Rachel. So mm-hmm. so in this article, it does say that Ketchikan police officers did apply for this job. And, and and so what do you feel about someone from the outside perhaps being chosen over those people? It's such an interesting question, Joe. I, it's, it's multifaceted. I'm an import. I've, I've lived here maybe seven, I think seven years. I'm Seven years, definitely. So I'm coming up on my eighth. Um, and I appreciate all the opportunities that this town has willingly given me as just a an import. I grew up in Anchorage, but I had never been to Southeast Alaska. And anyone who has been in Anchorage for any extensive period of time, it's in many ways a much different world mm-hmm. than, than Ketchikan. So I, yeah, I'm from Alaska, but I was from, I'm from Anchorage. So when I got here and was so quickly given an opportunity at Gateway to, you know, write out on my master's degree, be um, a children and family therapist, and then very quickly moved over to the Pioneer Home, given this, like, a lot of responsibilities as social worker there, and now at the hospital, you know, even more so. So I would say that in a very short period of time, this town has offered me opportunity as an import that I, I'm super grateful for, and I, I like to believe that I'm an incredible asset to this town. Absolutely. And I, I own a home here. I'm getting married. Like, I have a family here. Like, we have children. I'm growing children in this community that I hope to see them all the way through high school here. So I don't, I don't think, as in, in my experience, that being an outsider should disqualify somebody from an opportunity in this community. Um, I think it is also difficult to try to assess with what we know in that article. Like, probably we should couch all of the discussion around this incoming potential police chief mm-hmm. with, we know this much. We know, like, literally what you just read out loud. I have not been watching the streaming city council meetings um, So I can't say what has even been reported about the other applicants, but I imagine it's been kept pretty tightly, Mm -hmm. tight-lipped. You know, I I, I can't imagine that there's been a lot that's been publicly reported about applications and who's who's applied and, and what their applications say. And this guy does have a lot of experience. He's done a lot of things. You know, working in New Orleans, working in a tourist town, he would Mm, be he would be he'd be familiar with that aspect of it, especially during the summertime. And I feel sometimes uh, people who are who are from a community, sure, they would have uh, they would have value in the sense that they would know the, the people who they are policing. They would have a relationship with them. But maybe sometimes that can be harmful. Uh, yeah. You know, we have that that case. Uh, I won't say anyone's name over the air, but there is a, a woman who went on a literal year or two long crime spree where she was robbing people at knife point, uh, stealing cars from elders and all kinds of things. And when she was finally caught, uh, she was re- 
released accidentally, quote unquote, um, because uh, or because during COVID, she uh, they meant to release someone else, but her, uh, her mask was on, so they released oh, her no. instead. I think that it's entirely ridiculous, oh, completely gosh. insane, considering the 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 grand larceny this woman co- this woman committed, the armed robbery, and, wow. uh, and and the various crimes that anyone else would have been thrown under the under the under the jail for. So, and, and, no, I think, and, and the idea and, well, that you would maybe have these complex relationships with people, right? Like when exactly. you're worried about conflicting interests. Exactly. Right? So, so I think if there was someone from the outside who was in who maybe did not know that person personally, things like that wouldn't happen, and and things would be just a little bit different. I'm not saying uh, I'm not saying anything against the police force, but I am saying that uh, that sometimes you need an outside perspective so to kind of rein things in because I there is a. Facebook page, uh, Southeast Alaska's Most Wanted Criminals, uh, and I see these people on this page literally walking around by the police station every day. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think it's, I mean, obviously, um, innocent until proven guilty is, uh, you know, a hallmark of, uh, hopefully, the American justice system, and so certainly uh, I have spoken with um, my landlord, my former landlord, who's now just a good friend. She had experiences in the in the past. She's been here for 20 plus years. And uh, there was a, a neighborhood house in our area that she was like, look, there's drugs being sold in this home, oh, like yes. in and out of this house. And I can I can get this on on film for you. Like nobody's nobody's delivering pizza that often. I, I could I could get this on camera. And she she tells me she went to the police with that, and they're like, "Look, that's like that's great, but at the same time, like, there are, there are limitations to what we can do with that information. Mm-hmm. You know, like there has to be cause um, for us to stop people, and for us to search people, and for us to arrest people. And I, I mean, I, I think it's it's a it's an interesting balance that we live in in America, where we're we're a, a free place in many ways, but not a safe place." <laughs> Mm-hmm. And there's a there's a real balance to that that that's a, a tension that we all struggle with. Certainly, making like policy and, and procedure, and how, how do we work with that tension? Definitely, it'll be very interesting to see what the city comes up with. You know, I, I'm all I'm never against an import. I think most people who live in Ketchikan are imports of some sort, or the or the children of imports. If it you're, feels if, rare if, if you're not native. Somebody who is born and raised. If in my experience, it's been rare to meet someone. Well, born and raised in Ketchikan. Like, wow, that's a unusual. Unless you're Native American, uh, almost no yeah. one. Almost yeah. no one. Yeah. So so that'll be interesting to see what happens there. Now, sort of a sad case. Um, I don't want to use any names over the air, but according to the sun.com, uh, one a Ketchikan police officer's uh, photos were used in Delphi, Indiana to catfish two young girls and murder them on mm-hmm. a uh, railroad track. And, and, and you know, it's so 
so tragic that this person um, uh, has to deal with that, knowing that he, his photos and his image and his uh, being was uh, was involved in in, in such a crime. Um, this, this article was all over Facebook, so pretty much everyone knows. I'll, I'll use his uh, his pseudonym in in in, uh, in in my circles. He's known as Ketchikan's Hot Cop, uh, former Versace model, uh, really attractive guy, and he and because of that, his image was used to murder two young girls and I think this is just really crazy and it kind of goes into the culture that we live in today and that we've lived in for a little while where the internet is just not a safe place you never know who no. you're talking to it's what's going on it's not a safe place no it's not a safe place and it's not a, it's not somewhere children should be allowed to go alone I yes. feel very strongly about this I have we do not have we generally speaking have not had internet in in our house um, I have, you know, internet on my phone, and, and that's what we use to access information and whatnot about, you know, community events and looking things up and ordering and whatnot. But there was a short period of time during COVID, early on during the pandemic, where we did decide to get internet, and we had a couple devices, including like an iPad, and we, would, we, we, we got all the streaming services, like so many people. And so we have the five-year-old, and he's, you, he would use the iPad, and very, very quickly, he, his attention span, and, and prior to this and after this situation, we've always just used the library. We just use DVDs from the library. There's lots of shows, there's movies, and, and he gets a ton of books every week. So we're not without media. I mean, I'm no, I'm no, I'm no like Mother Teresa, <laughs> my kid doesn't see a single screen. That's not how we function. It's just that I want to be able to like falsely limit all that is available to him. And, and I feel like we were very much vindicated when I had the internet for a brief period of time and we watched him, we watched his attention span go from being able to, you know, be interested in an hour long film to suddenly no longer able to finish a 15 minute episode. Oh yes. He started and couldn't finish the first episode to like five of the iterations of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. I mean, if you've followed Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, there's been a lot of versions of that, um, and all just, of them are on Netflix. Let's just say I was I was uh, in the drive-through theater for the very first movie back in what 1990, what Bang. have you? It's it was, been it, around for it a was, long time. It was time. the very first movie I ever saw. I would never forget it. Been around for a long time, so he couldn't even get through those. So I was like, "Well, this is like damaging his brain." So we got rid of it, um, and you know, we still have screens. But then the other day, I was thinking about it, and of course, like you know, children's exposure to you know dangerous predators. Um, to pornography, um, and also even just misinformation. Um, it, it's, so, it's so readily available on the Internet. And the other day it really hit me, like, I, I had some amount of guilt. Oh, my kid, my kid doesn't see that. He, he's not up to date with what his friends have seen. He doesn't know about Bluey. We don't watch the show. He's, he doesn't know what that is. And I have, like, some small amount of guilt about it. But thank God, very quickly, the other voice that chimed in loudly is like, he doesn't have to have the Internet. The Internet isn't, like, it's not a right. Children don't have the right to be and easy on the Internet. Like they have the right to clothing and to be clean and to be safe mm -hmm. and to be well-fed. Those are their rights. They do not have the right to the Internet. I think we have this idea about the Internet that because it exists and because we as adults use it, that children should just, well, what, what, I'm going to deny them that? Well, you don't give them booze either.
Hello. And you don't send them out on their own on, like, Halloween night when they're under an appropriate, you know, at an inappropriate age, and just say, you know, try hard to be safe. It's kind of nuts out there, especially tonight. Um, the sidewalks aren't really clear, but so uh, stick to the, the, the side of the road, you know. I mean, these, we would never do that. So the fact that we, our culture is just sort of strangely all agreed that, like, under 18 children should should just be given free access to everything available on the internet is nuts so to me. It's nuts balls to me. And it's just dangerous. And kids are so easily influenced. You know, um, I had a situation where my sister, now I, we did not learn this until my sister was around 16, but when my baby sister was 10 years old, she was on the internet and there was a man she was chatting with online. He lied about his age. Oh she gosh. lied about her age. So mm-hmm. one night, uh, uh, late at night after midnight when everyone in my house is asleep um, I'm off at college at this point I'm out of the house my sister actually th- this man actually pulls up to my mother's home picks my sister up she gets into the car with this man he takes her to a hotel where she finally she's like she's freaked out at this point she's like oh I'm actually only 10 and he says I don't care and then oh. he he proceeds to attempt to 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 rape her luckily oh. luckily she was able to convince him not to and to bring her back home but she was actually picked up by a grown man at 10 oh. at oh. 10 my mother had no idea and we did not find out about this incident for years for years there are all kinds of things happening on the internet that are just so dangerous and then not even um, um, scams against your children scams against you scams against your uh, scams against elders there are there's so there's so much technology out there that can be used to take your information, take information of people you know, and, and so that they can present yeah. themselves as people who you already know. There is a technology called yeah. deep fake, and deep fake oh. allows you to literally take the face and body of someone else and, and, and present on the internet as that person, even down to their voice, even oh. down to their voice. I had a friend tell me the other day that she was scammed by someone who was a close friend of hers, a close friend, someone who she's who, who she interacts with regularly the uh the friend had been posting had been posting promotions on her instagram and the friend actually sent her a video using her name using the person's name the the the, uh, friend and asking her to uh to click on this link to uh to be entered into this drawing that she would win this and that and the and the other thing and this person Knowing the knowing the 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 the, the, uh, the the person who sent her this link personally clicked the link and then there we go her her Instagram accounts hacked and 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 it may not sound like a big deal to have your Instagram accounts hacked or your Facebook accounts hacked but a lot of people use Facebook Pay. A lot of people use Apple Pay. A lot of people use Google Pay. And there are there's banking information on your phones and on your Facebook and on your, on your social medias nowadays. There's all kinds of things. Your identity can be completely stolen and your life ruined uh, because of things on the internet. It's very so dangerous. Something that people don't. It's it's a common misconception that um, getting your there's <clears throat> running your credit report will actually hurt your credit score. 
and there's there's some nuance to this, and but there are free credit report agencies. There's mm-hmm. a number of free credit report agencies, and the the good thing about running a complete credit report is that you can do exactly what you're you can check for exactly what you're describing. Is somebody opening up credit accounts in your name that aren't yours? Um, so you can check like where is your debt? Is all of this debt mine? Mm-hmm. Um, and then and then once you do know, then you can contact the proper authorities. To try to to try to you know fix the situation. Um, the other thing that I frequently do is I I say no to the um, can we keep your information to make it easier to order next time. I say no to all of that. Um, I do not use things like Apple Pay or Facebook Pay. Um, I, I keep my credit cards down. I have two credit cards. Um, and I check the I check those statements multiple times a week. Yes. Now, all of this, of course, requires time and attention, and not everybody has. And with that said, like this is this this is your money, and in many ways, your money is a lot about what you can do with your life. Oh yes. Um, so protecting your money is is in many ways protecting your life's potential and certainly your energy. So it's worth prioritizing that kind of. Monitoring. So, if you're not checking your credit cards and your statements at least once a week, um, yeah, it, it, you you really do run the risk of having somebody steal your identity and and even like small charges. So, like my, the fraud I have experienced in my life is not large charges. It's like twenty some dollars here, sometimes even less than ten. And I'm like, hold up, what's that? Uh-huh. What's that strange Facebook dot? a bunch of letters, I don't know, forward slash numbers, numbers, numbers. I'm like, who is that? What, what would that have even been? It's, I have it's, no it's, memory of that. And it's like a $5.65 like charge. And I'm like, nope, dispute. Nope, no thank you. Yeah, those are those are those are test charges. Those are th- uh, small charges that people place on your account to see if you will notice, so that they'll keep doing it. Um, and, and this is especially important this time of year when people are actively scamming. This is the, the, the scammers' paradise. Yeah. Everyone's spending money, so you have multiple things on your bank statements usually, um, yeah. and, and so it's easy to slip things through the crack. I started using. Geez, uh, ten years ago, um, and and I was able to dispute a number of things that were already on my credit at that point, wow. and, and, and instantly boosted my credit score a hundred points. So, so, nice. so these things are important. So, I recommend Credit Karma. It's been around for a very long time, yeah. um, and and that's the the one that I use. But yeah, there, this stuff's important, Rachel. I also think it's just a really good measure of. If anybody reaches out to you and claims to be like their friend and they're selling you something or even like enter this offer or they claim to be Facebook or they claim to be Amazon or they claim to be your credit card company, never follow links. No. And, and I've made this mistake. I mean, I had to contact you recently, Joe, oh. via Facebook because I had, I had done it. I've been like, oh, a friend sent me something. Cool. Oh, my God. It's a scam. And yeah. now I've been hacked and it went to like everybody and I had to go through the entire, my whole messaging, like my entire outbox. Please don't open this. Please don't open this. Please don't open this. I mean, good Lord. That so hopefully to so many people. It's so frustrating. Every it's so time. Frustrating. But, but call, like, hang up and call the person who claims to be doing it. Like, if, if something is claiming to be your credit card, don't follow the link and don't, don't respond to the phone call. Hang up, go to your credit card, look on the back. There's a 1-800 number. Call that number and say, are you trying to contact me? 
And if they're not, then good. You just missed a scam. And if Hello. they are, then fabulous. You can now deal with whatever it is you need to deal with. Every time I get a message from someone that goes, oh, look, is this you? And it's someone who I know, I laugh to myself like, ha, 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 you fell for it. <laughs> oh, no. So, oh, Rachel, no. I want to give a moment to shout out my good friends at 55 North. They have brought the strawberry uh, meringue chocolate chip treats back. And I am beyond excited. I, <laughs> listen, listen, I don't get paid for these shout outs, but let me no, tell you. No, we're just huge fans of 55 I'm just, North. I'm just a big fan of 55 North. They started doing these meringues like a year ago when they first opened. And I would take them. I would buy dozens of them. Rachel, literally dozens of them. Mm. And no, I, Molly <laughs> has made my birthday cake the last two years and my son's birthday cake the last two years. I'll go to no one else. Oh, yes. I would buy dozens of these little meringue treats, grab a glass of milk, sit on my couch and watch some Netflix and just let them melt in my mouth. They're amazing. <laughs> I've, I've, I've already bought my dozen for the day, so I, I don't mind sharing this over the air. <laughs> a dozen. Good thing you're tall and love the gym. I love the gym and I, and, and I run three times a week. And, and this is why, Rachel, this is exactly why. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, I work out to be able to eat. Let's oh, be real. Hello. I don't think that's an eating disorder. I just think that's realism. <laughs> That's just realism. You know, I just, I know that I love to, to, to eat and I don't plan to stop. So I don't mind hitting the gym a little extra hard for a little 55 North treat. That's what I'm talking about. I'm either going to count calories on one end or burn calories on the other. And I hate counting. So I'm going to go burn. Hello. Now, Rachel, did we leave anything out today? Well, actually, so I've been taking this pretty incredible course and I do want to kind of plug some of its um, some of the takeaways that I've gotten so far. So I'm taking this really incredible course. It's online and it's through um, PESI, which uh, it's a psychiatric. Uh, in, anyway, it's a nonprofit, and it it these online courses for social workers and counselors and psychologists, all of us who have to get continuing education credits to maintain our licensure mm-hmm. and to get better at what we do. And so I've just recently started a trauma informed care online module, and it's it's huge. It's like 30 hours or something. So it it for sure is like a semester's worth of work. Really, really incredible stuff. And right off the bat, it's got me thinking about what happens for me at the gym Mm. or when I'm doing something where I'm really in my body and I'm not in my thoughts. So when I'm, when I'm, uh, when I'm doing yoga, when I'm on a hard hike, um, in the middle, I mean, you know, straight talk with Rachel, in the middle of an orgasm. Like when yes. we think about things that get us out of our frontal lobe thinking, executive function, storytelling, meaning-making brain, um, which is not the part of the brain that people who are, who, who, who are trauma survivors, that's not the part of the brain they live in when they're triggered and re-experiencing their trauma, they live in their body, in their emotions, in their patterns. It's in their limbic system. And so this Dr. Bessel van der Kolk, who's done this incredible work um, for 30 or 40 years, has got this book, um, The Body Keeps the Score. Yes. The, the idea is, if you're going to get to that trauma, it's, it can't be through, through the brain, the, the frontal lobe of the brain with the executive functioning. It's got to be through the body. And through getting, getting the body to be comfortable in the here and now and not, get, and not be stuck in the back there. Um, and so I definitely think that um, physical activity has obviously a myriad, this is what made me think of it, physical activity has a myriad of benefits. Certainly it lets us get, all, get, a, it lets us get to eat 55 North more often, <laughs> thank goodness. 
Um, And it releases so many incredible free drugs in your brain. My friend Erin wants to open a gym, and I told her you should have a poster out, out front, a big sign that says free drugs inside, because it really is an incredible feeling to that rush of either the runner's high or the rush that comes when you're lifting heavy um, or when you're in the middle of playing a game. Um, I, I see the people playing co-ed soccer, um, indoor soccer, and I'm like, yeah, I remember that feeling too, like that, that kind of a, a joyful, engaged in the exactly here and now. It, there's a thrill inside of it. That's, that it's, a, it's a body high. And there's more to it than that. So anyway, I, w- I think next week, I'm, I mean, I'm definitely going to continue to watch these, but I'd love to talk more about what kinds of things people can do to address their own trauma, um, either on their own or with a therapist. But it's been such an interesting class so far. Absolutely. And the, that book, The Body Keeps the Score, this has come up at least two really? other times this week. Really? So I, I, this is the universe telling me I need to go and pick up this book. We might, there might be some book club aspect to our weekly show, and maybe this is our first book. <laughs> yes. No, no, seriously, this has come up too many times. So I'm going to drop by the Ketchikan Library today and see if they have this, uh, this book, and I'm going to check that out. Rachel, thank you so much for, t- for calling in, and thank you guys no for- you guys for tuning in to Straight mm-hmm. Talk with Rachel Breithaupt. Um, uh, Rachel is going to go back to, to work, but we'll be uh, right back on the First City Forum. That was Remember Me by the phenomenal Jennifer Hudson. Uh, if you haven't seen her portrayal of Aretha Franklin in Respect, you simply must give yourself that gift. Speaking of music, I was walking around listening to the new uh, Silk Sonic album last night, and it's just phenomenal. Silk Sonic is the combination of Bruno Mars and Anderson Pac, and they have this crazy album. It's R&B, it's soul, it's blues, it's that good old school, uh, just just music. It's baby making music for those who know what that is. Um, I, so I want to give uh, one more quick shout out to the Doc Larson Round Robin Basketball Tournament happening in Wasilla this weekend. Once again, Bob Barger will be doing the play-by-play for the K-High girls and boys. The schedule is as follows. Thursday the 16th, the girls versus Mount Edge at 1 p.m. The boys versus Colony at 4.30. That's Thursday. Friday the 17th, the girls versus Mount Bartlett at 1 the girl, the boys versus Mount Bartlett at 4:30. Uh, Saturday, the 18th, uh, the girls versus Wasilla at 5:15, and the boys versus Wasilla at 7 p.m. Good luck to our K High Kings. I think is the name of our basketball. Yes, good luck to our K High basketball team. We're very excited uh, for them, and, and we're hoping they, they bring home the victory. Um, so don't miss your chance to win our Christmas cash promotion here at the station. Uh, we have a box of shredded cash at Tongas Trading right now. So go out and do your Christmas shopping. Grab you some ice cleats. Uh, I got mine for $25 at Tongas. They changed my life. I can st- I can go for my my regular daily run on on the, this uh, the slick pavement outside. And, uh, and drop by Tongas. 
trading, uh, find the uh, the shredded box of cash and guess how much cash is in that box. And if you are correct, you will win the unshredded cash in that box. So don't miss your chance to win however much money is in that thing. I can't I can't say how much. I actually don't know how much. I haven't even seen the box myself personally. But uh, uh, please don't miss your chance to win that prize. I feel like I'm missing out on something before I head out of here, but maybe not. I want to thank my guest, the one and only Rachel Brighthout for Straight Talk with Rachel Brighthout. We talk about things involving the community. We talk about things important to, to us every Thursday. So shout out to, to her. And if you would like to be a part of the, for, of the First City Forum, or if you want to hear any topic, message me on Facebook or email me at joe.firstcityforum at gmail.com. That is joe.firstcityforum at gmail.com. And uh, I'll take your questions. I'll research your, your topics and I'll talk about them on air. I, sometimes I just don't know what to, what to talk about here. So I need your input and I need the listeners. Um, ideas, whatever, right? Uh, so thank you guys for tuning in to the First City Forum, brought to you by Providence Properties in Southeast Alaska Orthopedics. Um, I will see you tomorrow for Mystery Friday with Steve Carmen. We missed him last week, but we're going to talk about some things. Um, Steve's been a busy boy. Uh, see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. <laughs>